they shall curse their king and their god and look upward. And they shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. Isaiah chapter 8 verses 21 and 22 He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Psalm 112 verses 9 and 10 There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. Luke 13 verse 28 All which things are slighted by the world. Thus much in short touching this that ungodly men undervalue the scriptures and give no credit to them when the truth that is contained in them is held forth in simplicity unto them, but rather cry out, Nay, but if one should rise from the dead, then they think something might be done. When, alas, those signs and wonders are wrought by the hands of those that preach the gospel, those poor creatures would never the sooner convert, though they suppose they should, as is evident by the carriages of their forerunners, who, although the Lord Jesus himself did confirm his doctrine by miracles, as opening blind eyes, casting out devils, and raising the dead. They were so far from receiving either him or his doctrine that they put him to death for his pains. Though he had done so many miracles among them, yet they believed not in him. John chapter 12, verse 37 But to pass this I shall lay down some of the grounds of men's rejecting and undervaluing the scriptures, and so pass on. 1 because they do not believe that they are the word of God, but rather suppose them to be inventions of men written by some politicians on purpose to make poor ignorant people submit to some religion and government. Though they do not say this, yet their practices testify the same, as he that when he hears the words of the curse, yet blesseth himself in his heart and saith, I shall have peace, though God saith he shall have none. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verses 18, 19, and 20 And this must needs be, for did but men believe this, that it is the word of God, then they must believe that he that spake it is true, therefore shall every word and tittle be fulfilled. And if they come once to this, unless they be stark mad, they will have a care how they throw themselves under the lash of eternal vengeance. For the reason why the Thessalonians received the gospel was, because they believed it was the word of God and not the word of man, which did effectually work in them by their thus believing. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 When ye received the word which ye heard of us, saith he, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So that did a man but receive it in hearing, or reading, or meditating, as it is the word of God, they would be converted. But the word preached doth not profit, not being mixed with faith in them that hear it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 Number 2 Because they do not indeed see themselves by nature heirs of that exceeding wrath and vengeance of which the scriptures testify. For did they but consider what God intends to do with those that live and die in a natural state, it would either sink them into despair or make them fly for refuge to the hope that is set before them. But if there be never such sins committed, and ever so great wrath denounced, and the time of execution be ever so near, 
Yet if the party that is guilty be senseless and altogether ignorant thereof, he will be careless and regard it nothing at all. And that man by nature is in this condition is evident. For take the same man that is senseless and ignorant of that misery he is in by nature. I say take him at another time when he is a little awakened, and then you will hear him roar and cry out so long as trouble is upon him, and the sense of the wrath of God hanging over his head. Good sirs, what must I do to be saved? The same man at another time, when his conscience is fallen asleep and grown hard, will lie like the smith's dog at the foot of the anvil, though the sparks fly in his face. But, as I said before, when any one is a little awakened, oh, what work will one verse, one line, nay, one word of the Holy Scriptures make in his heart? He cannot eat, sleep, work, keep company with his former companions, and all because he is afraid the damnation spoken of in Scripture will fall to his share. Like Balaam, who said, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord, Numbers 22:18. so long as he had something of the word of the Lord with authority, severity, and power on his heart. But at another time he could teach Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Revelation 2, verse 14. Number 3. Because the carnal priests do tickle the ears of their hearers with vain philosophy and deceit, and thereby harden their hearts against the simplicity of the gospel and word of God. Which things the apostle admonished those that have a mind to close in with Christ to avoid, Colossians 2.8, saying, Beware lest any man, be he what he will, spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And you who muzzle up your people in ignorance with Aristotle, Plato, and the rest of the heathenish philosophers, and preach little, if anything, of Christ rightly. I say unto you that you will find that you have sinned against God, and beguiled your hearers, when God shall in the judgment day lay the cause of the damnation of many thousands of souls to your charge, and say, He will require their blood at your hands. Number 4. Another reason why the carnal, unbelieving world do so slight the Scriptures, the Word of God, is because the judgment spoken of in the scripture is not presently executed on the transgressors. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Ecclesiastes 8.11 Because God does not presently strike the poor wretch as soon as he sins, but waits and forbears and is patient, therefore the world, judging God to be unfaithful, go to it again and again and every time grow harder and harder, till at last God is forced either to stretch out his mighty power to turn them, or else send death with the devil and hell to fetch them. Thou thoughtest, saith God, that I was altogether such an one as thyself, but I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Psalm 100, verses 21 and 22. Number 5. Another reason why the blind world do so slight the authority of Scripture is because they give ear to the devil, who through his subtlety casteth false evasions and corrupt interpretations on them, rendering them not so point-blank the mind of God and a rule for direction to poor souls, persuading them that they must give ear and way to something else besides and beyond that, or else he labors to render it vile and contemptible 
by persuading them that it is a dead letter, in which indeed they know not what they say, nor whereof they affirm. For the scripture is not so dead, but that the knowledge of it is able to make any man wise unto salvation through faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.15 And is profitable for instruction, reproof, and correction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Verses 16 and 17 And where it is said, The letter killeth, 2 Corinthians 3.6 Paul meaneth the law, as it is the ministration of condemnation, or a covenant of works. And so indeed it doth kill, and must do so, because it is just forasmuch as the party that is under the same is not able to yield to it a complete and continual obedience. But yet I will call Peter and Paul to witness that the scriptures are of a glorious concernment, inasmuch as in them is held forth to us the way of life, and also in that they do administer good ground of hope to us. For whatsoever things are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Romans 15, verse 4. And again, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but is now made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Romans chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. Compare Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19-21. And therefore, whosoever they be that slight the Scriptures, they slight that which is no less than the Word of God. And they who slight that, slight him that speak it. And they that do so, let them look to themselves, for God will be revenged on such. Much more might be said to this thing, but I would not be tedious. A word or two more, and I have done with this. Consider the danger of slighting the words of the prophets or apostles, whether they be correction, reproof, admonition, forewarning, or the blessed invitations and promises contained in them. 1. Such souls do provoke God to anger and to execute His vengeance on them. They refuse to hearken, they pulled away their shoulders, they stopped their ears lest they should hear the law, and they made their hearts as an adamant stone that they might not hear the law and the words that were spoken to them by his Spirit in the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath upon them. Zechariah chapter 7, verses 11 and 12. Number 2. God will not regard such in their calamity. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set it not all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity, I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Proverbs 1, verses 24 through 28. Number 3. God doth commonly give up such men to delusions to believe lies. Because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, therefore, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 11 and 12. Number 4. In a word, they that do continue to reject and slight the word of God, 
They are such, for the most part, as are ordained to be damned. Old Eli's sons, not hearkening to the voice of their father reproving them for their sins, but disobeying his voice, it is said, it was because the Lord would slay them. 1 Samuel 2.25 Again, see in Second Chronicles chapter 25, verses 15 and 16. Amaziah, having sinned against the Lord, he sends to him a prophet to reprove him. But Amaziah says, Forbear, why shouldst thou be smitten? He did not hearken to the word of God. Then the prophet forbear and said, I know that God hath determined to destroy thee, because thou hast not hearkened to my counsel. Read therefore, and the Lord give thee understanding for a miserable end will those have that go on in sinning against God, rejecting his word. Other things might have been observed from this verse, which at this time I shall pass by, partly because the sum of them hath been touched already, and may be more clearly hinted at in the following verse, and therefore I shall speak a few words of the next verse, and so draw towards a conclusion. Chapter 14, page 124 And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Verse 31 And he said, that is, and God through Abraham made answer to the word spoken in the verse before. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses, etc. As if he had said, Moses was a man of great renown, a man of worthy note, a man that talked with God face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. The words that Moses spake were such as I commanded him to speak. Let who will question them, I will own them, credit them, bless them that close in with them, and curse those that reject them. I myself sent the prophets. They did not run of their own heads. I gave them commission. I thrust them out and told them what they should say. In a word, they have told the world what my mind is to do, both to sinners and to saints. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Therefore he that shall reject and turn his back either upon the threatenings, counsels, admonitions, invitations, promises, or whatsoever else I have commanded them to speak, as to salvation and life and to directions therein, shall be sure to have a share in the many curses that they have spoken, in the doctrine that is pronounced by them. Again, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, etc., as if he had said, Thou wouldst have me send one from the dead unto them. What needs that? They have my mind already. I have declared unto them what I intend to stand to, both for saving them that believe and damning them that do not. That therefore which I have said I will make good, whether they hear or forbear. And as for this desire of yours, you had as good desire me to make a new Bible, and so to revoke my first sayings by the mouth of the prophets. But I am God and not man, and my word is immutable, unchangeable, and shall stand as fast as my decrees can make it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but one jot or tittle of my word shall not pass. If thou hadst ten thousand brethren, and every one in danger of losing his soul, if they did not close in with what is contained and recorded in the scriptures of truth, they must every one of them perish and be forever damned in hell for the scriptures cannot be broken. I did not send them so unadvisedly as to recall them again by another consideration. No, for I speak in righteousness and judgment, 
in wisdom and counsel. Isaiah chapter 63 verses 1 through 3 It being therefore gone out of my mouth in this manner, it shall not return until it hath accomplished the thing whereto I have sent it. Isaiah 55 verse 11 But again thou supposest that miracles and wonders will work on them, which makes thee say, Send one from the dead. But herein thou art mistaken, for I have proven them with that once and again by more than one or two or three of my servants. How many miracles did my servant Moses work by commandment from me in the land of Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the wilderness? Yet they of that generation were never the sooner converted for that, but notwithstanding rebelled and lusted, and in their hearts turned back into Egypt. Acts chapter 7 How many miracles did Samuel, David, Elias, Elisha, Daniel, and the prophets work, together with my son who raised the dead, cast out devils, made them to see that were born blind, gave and restored limbs. Yet for all this, as I have said before, they hated him and crucified him. I raised him again from the dead, and he appeared to his disciples, who were called and chosen and faithful, and gave them commandment and commission to go and testify the truth of this to the world, and to confirm the same, he enabled them to speak with diverse tongues, and to work miracles most plentifully. Yet there was great persecution raised against them, insomuch that but a few of them died in their beds. Therefore, though thou thinkest that a miracle will do so much with the world, yet I say, No, for if they will not believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one should rise from the dead. From these words, therefore, take notice of this truth, namely, that those who reject and believe not Moses and the prophets are a very hard-hearted people, that will not be persuaded, though one raised from the dead. They that regard not the holy scriptures to turn to God, finding them to testify of his goodness and mercy, there is but little hope of their salvation. For they will not, Mark, they will not be persuaded, though one should rise from the dead. This truth is confirmed by Jesus himself. If you read John chapter 5, where the Lord is speaking of himself, that he is the very Christ, he brings in four or five witnesses to back what he said. One, John the Baptist. Two, the works that his father gave him to do. Three, his father speaking from heaven. Four, the testimony of the scriptures. When all this was done, seeing yet they would not believe, he lays the fault upon one of these two things. One, their regarding and esteem among men. Two, their not believing the prophet's writings, even Moses and the rest. For had ye believed Moses, saith he, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how can ye believe my words? Now I say, he that shall slight the scriptures and the testimony of the prophets in them concerning Jesus Christ must needs be in great danger of losing his soul if he abide in this condition. Because he that slights the testimony doth also slight the thing testified of. Let him say the contrary ever so often. For as Jesus Christ hath here laid down the reason of men's not receiving him, so the Apostle John in another place lays down the reason again with a high and mighty aggravation. 1 John 5 verse 10 saying, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar 
because he believeth not the record, mark, the record, that God gave of his Son. The record, you will say, what is that? Why, even the testimony that God gave of him by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Acts chapter 3, verse 21. That is, God sending his Holy Spirit into the hearts of his servants, the prophets and apostles. He, by his Spirit in them, did bear witness, or record, to the truth of salvation by his Son Jesus, both before and after his coming. And thus is that place also to be understood which saith, There are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, that is, the Spirit of the Apostles, which preached him to the world, as is clear if you read seriously 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 8. The Apostle, speaking of Jesus Christ and obedience through him, saith thus, Now he that despiseth, despiseth not us, but God. But it is you that speak. True, but it is by and through the Spirit. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. That is, therefore, a mighty confirmation of this truth, that he that slights the record or testimony that God by his Spirit, in his prophets and apostles, hath testified unto us, slights the testimony of the Spirit, who moved them to speak these things. And if so, then I would fain know how any man can be saved by Jesus Christ, that slights the testimony concerning Christ, yea, the testimony of his own Spirit, concerning his own self. It is true, men may pretend to have the testimony of the Spirit, and from that conceit set a low esteem on the Holy Scriptures, but that Spirit that dwelleth in them and teacheth them so to do is no better than the Spirit of Satan, though it calls itself by the name of the Spirit of Christ. To the law, therefore, and to the testimony, try them by that. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. The Apostle Peter, when he speaks of the glorious voice that he had from the excellent majesty, saying of Christ, This is my beloved Son, hear him, saith thus to them unto whom he wrote, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, or of the prophets, for so you may read it, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. That is, though we tell you that we had this excellent testimony from his own mouth, evidently, yet you have the prophets. We tell you this, and ye need not doubt of the truth of it. But if you should, yet you may not, must not, ought not to question them. Search therefore into them until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, that is, until by the same Spirit that gave forth the Scriptures you find the truth confirmed to your souls, which you have found recorded in the Scriptures, that this word of prophecy, or of the prophets, is the Scriptures. Read on. For saith he, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, etc. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 18, 19, and 20. But you will say, what needs all this ado, and why is all this time and pain spent in speaking of this, that is surely believed already? This is a thing received by all, that they believe the Scriptures to be the Word of God, that sure word of prophecy. And therefore you need not spend your time in proving these things and the truth of them, seeing we grant and confess the truth of it before you begin to speak your judgment of them. I answer, one, 
the truth of God cannot be borne witness unto too often. You may as well say, You need not preach Jesus Christ so much, seeing he hath been and is received for the true Messiah already. Number two. Though many may suppose that they do believe the scriptures, yet if they were but well examined, you will find them either by word of mouth or else by their conduct to deny, reject, and slight the holy scriptures. It is true there is a notional and historical assent in the head, I say in the heads of many, or most, to the truth contained in scripture. But try them, I say, and you shall find but a little, if any, of the faith of the operation of God in the hearts of poor men to believe the scriptures and things contained in them. Many, yea, most men believe the scriptures as they believe a fable, a story, a tale of which there is no certainty. But alas, there are but few do indeed and in truth believe the scriptures to be the very word of God. Objection. But you will say, this seems strange to me answer, and it seems as true to me, and I doubt not but to make it manifest that there are but few, yea, very few, that do effectually, for that I aim at, believe the scriptures and the truth contained in and spoken of by them. But to make this appear and that to purpose, if God will, I shall lay you down the several operations that the scriptures have on them who do effectually believe the things contained in them. Number one. He that doth effectually believe the scriptures hath in the first place been killed. I say killed by the authority of the holy scriptures, struck stark dead in a spiritual sense by the holy scriptures being sent home by that spirit which gave them forth upon the soul. The letter killeth, the letter strikes men dead. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 And this Paul witnessed and found before he could say, I believe all that the prophets have spoken, where he saith, I was alive without the law once, that is, in my natural state before the law was set on my heart with power. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Romans chapter 7 verse 9 And that law that was ordained to life I found to be unto death, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Verses 10 and 11 Now that which is called the letter in Second Corinthians 3 is called the law in Romans chapter 7, which by its power and operation, as it is wielded by the Spirit of God, doth in the first place kill and slay all those that are enabled to believe the Scriptures. I kill, saith God, that is, with my law I pierce, I wound, I prick men into the very heart by showing them their sins against the law. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 39 and Acts 2, verses 36 and 37. And he that is ignorant of this is also ignorant of, and doth not really and effectually believe the Scriptures. Question. But you will say, how doth the law kill and strike dead the poor creatures? Answer. The letter or law doth kill thus. It is set home upon the soul, and discovers to the soul its transgressions against the law and shows the soul also that it cannot completely satisfy the justice of God for the breach of his law. Therefore it is condemned. John 3:18. Mark, he that believeth not is condemned already, namely by the law. That is, the law doth condemn him, yea, it hath condemned him already for his sins against it. As it is written, 
Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Galatians 3.10 Now all men, as they come into the world, are in this condition, that is, condemned by the law. Yet not believing their condemnation by the law really, they do not also believe really and effectually the law that doth condemn them. For as men have but a notion of the one, that is, their condemnation, because of sins against the law, so they have but a notion of the condemning, killing, and destroying power of the law. For as the one is, so in these things always is the other. There is no man that doth really believe the law or gospel further than they do feel the power and authority of them in their hearts. Ye err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Now this letter, or law, is not to be taken in the largest sense, but is strictly to be tied to the Ten Commandments whose proper work is only by showing the soul its sin against the law to kill, and there leaves him stark dead, not giving him the least life or support or comfort. It leaves the soul in a helpless and hopeless condition, as from itself or any other mere creature. It is true the law hath laid all men for dead as they come into the world, but all men do not see themselves dead until they see the law that struck them dead striking in their souls, and having struck them that fatal blow. As a man that is fast asleep in a house, and that on fire about his ears, and he not knowing it, because he is asleep. Even so, because poor souls are asleep in sin, though the wrath of God, the curse of his law, and the flames of hell have beset them round about, yet they do not believe it, because they are asleep in sin. Now as he that is awakened and sees this, sees that through this he is a dead man, even so they that do see their state by nature being such a sad condition, do also see themselves by that law to be dead men naturally. But now, when didst thou feel the power of this first part of the scripture, the law, so mighty as to strike thee dead? If not, thou dost not so much as verily believe that part of the scripture that doth contain the law in it to be the truth of God. Number two. Yet if thou shouldst have felt something, I say something of the killing power of the law of God in thine heart, this is not an argument to prove that thou believest all the things contained in the scripture. For there is gospel as well as law, and therefore I shall speak of that also. That is, whether thou hast felt the power of the gospel as well as something of the power of the law. If then thou hast found the power of the gospel and so believed it, thou hast found it thus with thy soul, 1. Thou hast been showed by the word of truth, of the gospel, in the light of the Spirit of Christ, that by nature thou wert without the true faith of the Spirit of Christ, that by nature thou wert without the true faith of the Son of God in thy soul. For when the Spirit is come, says Christ, he shall show men that they believe not in me. John chapter 16 verse 9. Mark Though thou hast, as I said before, felt somewhat of the power of the law, letter, or ten commandments, yet as thou hast not been brought to this, to see by the Spirit in the gospel, that thou art without faith by nature, thou hast not yet tasted, much less believed any part of the gospel. For the gospel and the law are two distinct covenants, and they that are under the law may be convinced by it, and so believe the law or first covenant and yet in the meantime be a stranger to the covenant of promise, that is, the gospel, and so have no hope in them. Ephesians 
there is not any promise that can be savingly believed until the soul be by the gospel converted to Jesus Christ. For though men do think ever so much that they believe the things, or the words, of the gospel of our salvation, yet unless they have the work of grace in their souls, they do not, cannot rightly believe the things contained in the scriptures. Number 2. Again, as the law killeth those that believe it, even so the promises contained in the gospel do through faith administer comfort to those that believe it aright. My words, saith Christ, my words, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. As if he had said, the words contained in the law as a covenant of works, they wound, they kill, they strike dead those that are under them. But as for me, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That is, whosoever doth receive them believingly, shall find them full of operation to comfort, quicken, and revive the soul. For as I did not come into the world to destroy men's lives, so the words that I speak, as I am sent to preach the gospel, they have no such tendency unto those that believe them. The promises that are in the gospel, oh, how do they comfort them? Such a promise, and such a promise, oh, how sweet it is! How comfortable to those that believe them! Alas, there are many poor souls that think they believe the scriptures to be the word of God, and yet they never enjoyed anything of the life of the promises. They come in upon the heart to quicken, to revive thee, to raise thee from the sentence of death that is passed on thee by the law. And through the faith that is wrought in thy soul, by the operation of God's Holy Spirit, though once killed by the law or letter, thou art made alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is presented to thy soul in the promises. Number 3. Dost thou indeed and in truth believe the scriptures to be the word of God? Then the things contained in them, especially the things of the gospel, are very excellent to thy soul, as the birth of Christ, his death, resurrection, intercession, and second coming. Oh, how precious and excellent are they to thy soul, insomuch that thou regardest nothing in comparison of them. Oh, it is Christ's birth, blood, death, resurrection, etc., according to the scriptures, that thou dost rejoice in exceedingly and abundantly desire. Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 6, compared with Philippians 3 verses 6, 7, and 8, and 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8. Number 4. Dost thou believe the scriptures to be the word of God? Then thou standest in awe of, and dost much reverence them. Why, they are the word of God, the true sayings of God. They are the counsel of God. They are his promises and his threatenings. Poor souls are apt to think, If I could hear God speak to me from heaven with an audible voice, then sure I should be serious and believe it. But truly, if God should speak to thee from heaven, except thou wert converted, thou wouldst not regard nor really believe him. But if thou dost believe the scriptures, thou seest that they are the truth, as really as if God should speak to thee from heaven through the clouds, and therefore never flatter thyself foolishly, thinking that if it were so and so, then thou couldst believe. I tell thee, saith Christ, if they believe not Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe, though one should rise from the dead. But, number five, dost thou believe the scriptures to be the word of God? 
then through faith in Christ thou endeavorest to have thy life squared according to the scriptures, both in word and practice. Nay, I say, thou mayest have, though thou do not believe them all. My meaning is that if thou believe none but the Ten Commandments, thy life may be according to them a legal, holy life. If thou do believe the gospel too, then thy life will be by the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, either thou wilt live in the blessed and holy enjoyment of what is testified in the scripture concerning the glorious things of the Lord Jesus Christ, or else thou wilt be exceedingly panting after them. For the scriptures carry such a blessed beauty in them to that soul that hath faith in the things contained in them, that they do take the heart and captivate the soul of him that believeth them into the love and liking of them. Believing all things that are written in the law and the prophets, and have hope toward God, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense, both toward God and toward man. Acts chapter 24, verses 14, 15, and 16. Number 6. He that believes the scriptures to be the word of God, if he do but suppose that any one place of scripture doth exclude him and shut him out of and from a share in the promises contained in them, oh, it will trouble him, grieve him, perplex him. Yea, he will not be satisfied until he be resolved and the contrary sealed to his soul. For he knows that the scriptures are the word of God, all truth, and therefore he knows that if any one sentence doth exclude or bar him out for want of this or the other qualification, he knows also that not the word alone shuts him out, but he that speaks it, even God himself. And therefore he cannot, will not, dare not be contented until he finds his soul and scripture together with the things contained therein, to embrace each other and a sweet correspondency and agreement between them. For you must know that to him that believes the scriptures aright, the promises or threatenings are of more power to comfort or cast down than all the promises or threatenings of all the men in the world. And this was the cause why the martyrs of Jesus did so slight both the promises of their adversaries when they would have overcome them with proffering the great things of this world unto them, and also their threatenings when they told them that they would rack them, hang them, burn them. Acts chapter 20 verse 24 None of these things could prevail upon them or against them, because they did most really believe the scriptures and the things contained in them, as is clearly found and to be seen in Hebrews chapter 11, and also in Mr. Fox's records of their brethren in the book of Martyrs. Number 7. He that believeth the scriptures to be the word of God, believeth that men must be born again, and also be partakers of that faith which is of the operation of God, according as he hath read and believed, or else he must and shall be damned. And he that believeth this aright will not be contented until, according as it is written, he do partake of and enjoy the new birth, and until he do find through grace that faith that is wrought by the operation of God in his soul. For this is the cause why men do satisfy themselves with so slender a conceited hope that their state is good, when it is nothing so, namely, because they do not credit the scripture. For did they, they would look into their own hearts and examine seriously whether that faith, that hope, that grace which they think they have, be of that nature and wrought by that spirit and power which the scripture speaketh of. I speak this of an effectual believing, 
without which all other is nothing unto salvation. Now then, because I would not be tedious, I shall at this time lay down no more discoveries of such an one as doth savingly believe the scriptures and the things contained in them, but shall speak a few words of examination concerning the things already mentioned. As thou sayest, thou dost indeed and in truth effectually believe the scriptures. I ask, therefore, what thou ever killed stark dead by the law of works contained in the scriptures, killed by the law or letter, and made to see thy sins against it, and left in a helpless condition by the law. For as I said, the proper work of the law is to slay the soul, and to leave it dead in a helpless state. For it doth neither give the soul any comfort itself when it comes, nor doth it show the soul where comfort is to be had, and therefore is called the ministration of condemnation, as in 2 Corinthians 3.9, the ministration of death, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. For though men have many a notion of the blessed word of God, as the children of Israel had, yet before they be converted, it may truly be said of them, Ye do err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. You say you do believe the scriptures to be the word of God. I say again, examine, wert thou ever quickened from a dead state by the power of the Spirit of Christ through the other part of the scriptures? that is to say, by the power of God in His Son Jesus Christ, through the covenant of promise. I tell thee from the Lord, if thou hast, thou hast felt such a quickening power in the words of Christ, John 6, 63, that thou hast been lifted out of that dead condition that thou before wert in, and that when thou wast under the guilt of sin, the curse of the law, and the power of the devil, and the justice of the great God, Thou hast been enabled by the power of God in Christ revealed to thee by the Spirit, through and by the Scriptures, to look sin, death, hell, the devil, and the law, and all things that are at enmity with thee, with boldness and comfort in the faith, through the blood, death, righteousness, resurrection, and intercession of Christ made mention of in the Scriptures. And on this account... O oh, how excellent are the scriptures to thy soul! O oh, how much virtue dost thou see in such a promise, in such an invitation! They are so large thou canst say, Christ will in no wise cast me out. My crimson sins shall be as white as snow. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, 
in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.